Uh, I've been watching hockey since, as long as I can remember, since I was, you know, a little wee guy. Apparently my dad was a pretty good hockey player. I never saw him play, but as soon as they dropped the puck, he'd just grab somebody and start feeding them, you know? And he was drunk on the ice a lot, is the stories I hear. Put a 40 down before the game, they'd go out, drop the puck, and he'd just go toe to toe with somebody. And apparently he wasn't a very good fighter. He got feed a lot, but the crowd used to love it. Ricky fancied himself a bit of a Glenn Anderson type bit of a playmaker, you know, because he'd get really high and he thought he could see into the future and stuff. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Five Hole Fantasy Hockey. I'm your host for tonight, Mike Rogerson. Uh, it's just going to be me tonight. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at FHF Hockey, and you can get at us in the Discord. We're going to be getting to a bunch of questions from our mailbag in there. But first of all, we're going to start with uh, a couple of injuries. That was a good one. My shoulder doesn't hurt very much, but my face does. Not here or here so much, but right here. TJ is day-to-day with a rather serious stomach issue, uh, not just a flu. Um, he can tell us about it when he gets back. Uh, and Zach is out seven to ten days with just getting hammered in Florida for no good reason at all, as far as I'm aware. Uh, sounds like a great time, and I'm sure he'll bring back tons of foggy stories. I'm going to skip the injuries for today. That's Zach's bag. Uh, and we're just going to move right on into the mailbag. You've got mail. Mailbag. If you have any questions about you know, players, teams, trends, anything like that, uh, you can submit questions on our Discord. That's what um, these mailbag episodes are all about. We will have the link to that in the show notes, as always. Uh, first up, we got a question from O'Malley Cat. Uh, what is your guys' opinion on holding three players on the same team? Uh, that's what we call a stack, usually. Uh, I am in a 14-team standard Cats Keeper League. Currently, I hold Jack Hughes, Brat, and Heischer. Has worked out well. Uh, I am currently sitting in the playoffs. Well, O'Malley Cat, uh, unfortunately, or maybe for the better, uh, you're only going to get my opinion today. I'm sure you got a few opinions from the Discord already. The particular threesome you presented there is a pretty attractive threesome. Um, Jack Hughes, Brat, and Heischer, I'm sure that has worked out for you. Um, today I made a very bold pitch to try to pick up Jack Hughes in a keeper league. So, I mean, I'm a fan of it. Now, in terms of just the real question here of holding three players on the same team, I mean, what you want to make sure of is they're not the same position, you know, because obviously they're all going to be playing the same nights. Uh, so that's something to really be careful of when you draft the rest of your players. That's one downside is, you know, now you've got three guys who are always playing on the same night. As long as you arrange the rest of your roster accordingly. Usually that's not a big deal. I'm not a fan of stacking on purpose as a strategy. I fully believe, other than the scheduling thing, 
it's just three separate players and they should be treated as three separate players. Uh, and those are three good guys that you have right there. So um, I'd be down to keep that trio. But it's all about scheduling. That's the issue is scheduling. So, you know, sometimes there might be a bye week and now you're stuck with three guys who aren't playing or if they, you know, the Devils have uh, one game that week, that's a big hit. Um, or, I mean, you know, it's hopefully for the most part not going to be an issue, but during the COVID situation, that was something we really tried to avoid was stacking because if one team got COVID, a lot of times, you know, half the team went down. So you're always at risk of those types of things, uh, even just standard flu season. But no, I wouldn't worry about Hughes, Brat, and Heesher. Um, and I'm sure you got them all at a decent price too. So that's that's a fantastic, fantastic three-way to be a, a part of. Aztec, uh, another question that relates directly to me. Um, always a good way to get a question answered on the show is make it about me. Um, do you think Huberto is worth grabbing at a low price and hope he has a bounce back season next year? I am not winning this year and I'm looking at next year. I also have seven keepers. I invested in Huberto this year because of the fact that I knew people didn't think he was going to do that well, and I felt like he was, and he has not. I don't think that's breaking news. I, I feel like the season's just uh, a lost cause at this point, but if you're if you're looking at next year, I mean, I'm, I'm at this point in, on one of my teams right now. It's uh, I have four keepers, uh, maybe five. I gotta reread the rules. I can't even remember at this point. I'm kind of baked right now. But uh yeah, Huberto I invested in because Calgary is a great team. Um there's awesome players there, uh Lindholm, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's just been a structure thing, situation thing, something's not right. But Huberto is an incredible player. He is a 100-point player. He's a 90 to 100-point player. I would call this year an anomaly. You know, maybe he's been playing with an injury. Maybe it's just everything combined. But I think if you're looking at next year, I think you could buy really low and... You know, if he, I just can't see him having another year this bad on Calgary with the lineup they have and his skill set. Um, it'll get figured out one way or another, whether that ends up with being Sutter's gone or, or Sutter figures it out. But at this point, um, yeah, I'm I'm keeping my Huberto because he's not worth dumping. Looking forwards, uh, praying um, to all of the different options and hoping it works out, but I really think it's a good bet. Um, you don't have to look too deep into the stats to, to to think it's this is the outlier of a season. So there we go, Aztec. For you and me, I hope that works out, and I would grab them if you can get them for a low price, and I really think you probably could. Side note, uh, I do, after after this recording tonight, I am going back to do some editing work. I just wanted to... <laughs> Give a shout out to um, Adam and Mike at the um, Prospects Pod over at NHL.com. I did a bunch of recording for them at the Prospects Camp. Uh, I got to interview Connor Bedard and a few of the other guys. It was fun, so thank you to those guys for inviting me out, hiring me for the day. Braden Yeager, Colby Barlow, Ethan Gauthier. Man, those guys are composed. A little 
men. <laughs> yeah, he had one dude there looked uh, about as old as me, had a better beard than me. And then, you know, a couple of the other guys looked like, you know, or maybe halfway through high school, which I guess technically a couple of them were. So, but uh, really fun time. So thanks to the guys at NHL.com for um, inviting me out to the prospects camp out in Langley. Back to work here. Liege, Liege, I think that's how you pronounce that. If not, apologize. Send me a note. Uh, I'm potentially getting Marner this Thursday. I already have Willie Nylander. Should I keep the stack for the playoffs or should I try to flip someone before the deadline? My team is just outside the playoffs, four teams, and I am in fifth. Uh, I am trying to make a push playoff start in week 22. So, yeah, like I just said, I was just talking about a, a three-way and that being worth, you know, holding on to if they're if they're great. So I would say the same with Marner and, and Nylander. You didn't mention your categories or, or points breakdown here, but regardless, uh, those guys are awesome. I mean, Marner's having a hell of a season, as is Nylander. Neither guy's really in, in any sort of danger of falling off ever. They're legit. Uh, and the Maple Leafs are annoyingly great, especially offensively. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely hang on to that duo, and, and I think you'll you'll be more than happy. Um, I mean, what, Mitch Marner, he's sitting on 57 points in 49 games, and so is Willie Nylander. So uh, both 57 points in 49 games. Not really a question if you want to be keeping those two guys. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not worried about that at all. I mean, Nylander's got the dual eligibility, so you can always use him on left wing. Um, and Treat Marner is obviously the right wing and should be, you know, probably your two best wingers. Neither guy's amazing for peripherals, but Marner is better than you'd expect. He's just under a hit per game and... and more than half of a block per game. So not, you know, not great numbers there, but for a guy like Marner, those are pretty great numbers. His shots are, you know, almost two and a half a game, which is decent for Marner, you know, being known as a passer, generally speaking, but he's up to 18 goals. So he's probably going to get a 30 goal season again. Uh, Willie has a chance of 40, probably end up around 35 goals. Um, and good power play. Um, Toronto power play has been kind of inexplicably shitty for for a couple of years with their firepower, but uh, it's clicking a lot better this year. Um, I don't have the percentages in front of me, but um, you know the big four um, are getting their power play points. So uh, Nylander included uh, eighteen, uh, when Marner with twenty two. So both of them, you know, uh, better than Matthews uh, in that respect. Both have more points than Matthews as well. And Nylander has more goals. Not saying they're better or more valuable than Austin Matthews. It is not what I'm saying. But uh, Nylander and Marner both having just unreal year. Uh, so you should absolutely hang on to them as long as you can. Okay, next up we have RG Arc 2 or Argark 2 I'm not sure. Uh, can you guys talk about how it works getting into the listener leagues? What you're looking for in managers, etc. I was behind on episodes last summer and found out too late. Uh, 
I'm miserable in my current league. Uh, someone just traded Sorokin for Campbell and DeSmith, uh, being the latest example of awesomeness with the commissioner benefiting. I can't wait to leave after this season and join a fun league. Okay, well, getting into the listener leagues, there's nothing. You don't need to do anything. There's no test you got to pass. There's no, um, we have no standards. We have, uh, all you need to do is join um, our Patreon. It's usually a dollar or $2 um, a month. Just kick that in to help with the administration and, you know, all that kind of junk. So if you've got a dollar, then you can get in on that and you'll get access to the Listener League channels um, and some other, you know, sort of semi-exclusive stuff. We start filling that stuff out, obviously, when leagues are open um, in the preseason. So usually around end of August, September is when we start looking for that. And just, you know, we're a long ways away. We're only getting up to the all-star break here. But don't forget, in the off-season, we do generally run uh, Monday mock drafts. Uh, you know, we've been doing it every Monday throughout the summers and everything over the last couple of years. So uh, if you need to get your hockey draft <laughs> itch itched uh, we will be doing that again actually going to be lots of stuff coming out in the summer that's going to be uh, quite uh, quite fun including all the old usual stuff uh, okay back to the task here DJ D Stew um, who would you rather trade for a playoff run uh, Kemper or Hellebuck the answer is Hellebuck he is better. He is incredible. He is back to his old self. Um, to me, end of story. Uh, you mentioned here a little bit later, Winnipeg's probably going to make the playoffs and might rest Hellebuck. Maybe, but I wouldn't worry about it. Hellebuck doesn't rest, doesn't need rest, never, never rests. Especially when he's playing like this. I don't know. I mean, you might see a couple of... The odd, maybe one or two um, stars lost, but they're not going to want to lose his momentum. Um, and, you know, he's had such a bounce back here. Um, yeah, I, I would want Hellebuck. He's just, he's one of the best. I, I'd say he's still one of the top three goalies in the league. Uh, the Cake Eaters. 12-team ESPN League. Ew. Uh, sorry. I mean to diss ESPN, but I do mean to diss ESPN. Uh, I just, it's my least favorite platform. I have zero leagues left in ESPN. You didn't submit a question to get shit on, did you? Uh, goals, assists, power plays, shorthanded points, uh, hits, blocks, PIMs. Nice, a PIM league. Shots on goal and game winning goals. Doesn't say if it's a points or categories. I assume it's a points league if it's got game-winning goals. That better not be a category. Um, game-winning goals are a fun little bonus. You know, um, shorthanded goals, same thing. They're a fun bonus in points leagues, but they just don't make sense in categories leagues. There's just too few of them to run a category on it. But I digress yet again. Uh, I think it's the Jack Hayes. <laughs> uh, who do you prefer? So, goals, assists, PP points, shorthanded points, hits, blocks, pims, shots on goal, game-winning goals. Reinhardt, 
Krejci, Arvidsson, or neither. <laughs> um, so, Reinhardt, Krejci, Arvidsson. Reinhardt, no question. Oh, you have Reinhardt and Arvidsson. So, you have the option to get Krejci. Okay. Uh, I'm not even going to bother editing that. Uh, Reinhardt and Krejci for me. Position makes a difference. You know, I mean, uh, your roster, who, you, what kind of players you need makes a difference. Krejci is a straight center in Yahoo, so that is different than Arvidsson, who is by right uh left wing right wing so whatever is more useful to you i think they're both great players having uh reasonable seasons i have uh, boston is just so good Krejci is so reliable i would lean that way unless center only is an issue then i wouldn't feel bad about arvidson but position plays a big a big role for me in that one cake eater nice uh danny 99 is trading Boldy, who's in a sophomore slump, and Zegris, who's stuck on a cruddy Anaheim team, going to bite me in the butt in a keeper league? Uh, well, the answer is yes, but more so I want to talk about your question here. Uh, cruddy. That word is not used enough. Crud and cruddy. I think that is just f- fantastic. Excellent. Great, uh, great use. The actual question, Boldy and Zegris, I mean, <sighs> sophomore slump isn't a real thing. Yeah, it, it happens statistically. Sometimes it, it, it's, you can see it, but it's not a, it's not a logical trend thing. Um, it happens more with D, uh, but as we talked about a couple episodes back with the three of us, um, it's more the hype that falls off and you people expect too much than people's stats actually disappearing consistently in their second year. Uh, it's more so people get way too excited. Like the example TJ uses, Lucas Raymond. Everyone's just disappointed and he's on the exact same point pace or better this year than he was last year. Uh, but no one wants to admit that, you know, that's who he might be. He had a great rookie year, but maybe he's already fully formed, and that's the player he is. Usually players get better in their second year. Um, Sometimes they stay the same, and sometimes they drop off a bit. So sophomore slump, not a real thing, but Boldy is, you know, you can say he's having one. Um, But yeah, I think it is just a slump. I think he is great. I think you can absolutely expect him to... Uh, come back to basically the best we've seen him. You know, he's 33 points in 46 games, so it's not brutal. Uh, just we know what his future capability is going to be. He's probably going to end up with 25 goals. So it's not a terrible season. But, um, yeah, I mean, with his skill set, um, you'd think he could end up being a 35 kind of goal guy eventually. He's shooting second most only to Kaprasov on the team. He's playing quite a bit. Um, second level, sort of second tier forward, second. They got a few guys, Kaprasov, Jeek, and Zuccarello all in the 20-minute range, and then you got Boldy and his line down, uh, playing about 17 and a half. Um, he is getting some power play action, which is good. Um, so yeah, you know, 
I'm a Boldy fan. I know the other guys, Zach and TJ, the other guys. The fuck am I, eh? Uh, I know they're Boldy fans as well. So this is a keeper league. I don't know. Uh, depending on your keeper rules, I would not feel too bad. Um, if it's a lot of keepers, then you'd maybe want to hold on to them. But, you know. There's not enough details here to answer it properly, but what I could say is I really like Boldy. I think he's going to be a lot better later, whether that's later in the season this year or uh, next year. But he's the kind of guy who it's not surprising if, you know, there's always those one or two guys who are just hot for the last six weeks. Could be him. Minnesota's been weird this year and uh, just might need to find it. Zegris, um, I have far less faith in in terms of just actual production. Um, he is as flashy as it gets. Um, skills just out the wazoo, if uh, we're going to talk like, like that. Um, 41 points in 48 games, you know, 17 goals on the season. Um, he's a good player on the worst team with no one around to help. I mean, there's some fun people like Mason McTavish, Troy Terry some days. Uh, but, you know, it's just Klingberg is not working out whatsoever. They're really, you know, got trying to get the Bedard on. So maybe, you know, Zegers and Bedard, that's a whole, whole, whole other thing. Either way, Anaheim's going to have to try to start improving uh, next year. So I wouldn't be so upset about losing Zegers as I would Boldy, but yeah, without the actual details of the keeper situation in the league, um, it's hard to answer definitively, but I do like Boldy. Um, okay. Well, that's it for the mailbag. Um, for now, anyways, you know, we missed uh, an episode in there because of everything that was going on. So I know a mailbag got backed up a little bit. Uh, we might actually have to throw a few into the week preview on the weekend when we're all back here. But it's time to move on to the weekend preview. <laughs> This weekend, the best schedules belong to the best teams. As a matter of fact, uh, you got Carolina, Boston, and Toronto all play uh, on the Sunday off night and have two games. So Carolina, Boston, Toronto. Uh, Carolina and Toronto play Friday, Sunday. That's nice. Boston plays Saturday, Sunday. So I guess Carolina and Toronto have the best schedules. None of them have great opponents. I mean, Carolina's got San Jose on the Friday, which is awesome. And then they've got Boston on Sunday, so that's not very good. Uh, but let's just go through these three teams, see what some options are here. Well, let's start in Carolina. So Carolina, I mean, they've just uh, they've had an unreal, unreal season um, as a whole. Lately, uh, not a lot of scoring going on um, in terms of no one's really thriving. Aho, 
of course, is always doing well. He's uh, over the last six games, Aho's got eight points. Um, you know, not like you're going to pick him up anyway. Brett Pesci's been super hot with five points, um, playing a ton of minutes. So Brett Pesci could actually be an option if you need a D for the weekend. Uh, no power play points. Their power play hasn't been doing much at all. But yeah, Pesci playing uh, 23 minutes a night, and he's he's getting a lot of points right now, uh, taking quite a few shots, about three a game as well. So uh, you can look to Brett Pesci. He's only 10% owned, so you can pick him up in basically any league you want. Um, there's always the Turbo Teravinen question. Ah, excuse me. Getting tons of minutes also. Ah, tons of minutes, 17 and a half minutes enough minutes uh he's a left wing right wing he's at 59 percent, so he's a just go check as we like to say meaning just go check your waiver wire and see if he's available i don't know like it's a risky pick he's he's been garbage um for the most part five points in the last six games um three shots no sorry two shots um, he's not a he's not a banger. He's not a peripheral getter. On the season, he's had been really bad, but he's been picking it up a little bit lately. So you can always take a chance on him, given the schedule that they've got. Someone uh, in the Discord a couple of days ago asked about Jordan Martinuk. His name comes up sometimes as a possible one percent pickup. Uh, nah. Not really. Just no. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. He's not. He's nothing. Um, so that's the problem with Carolina is there's just not that much to get there. Brady Shea is a semi-reliable defenseman, 40% owned. So you can pick him up if you need a D. I, I like the, the Brett Pesci option. He's been the better D uh, points-wise and peripheral-wise. Neither of them do a ton of the perifs. Uh, but yeah, Pesci has been, uh, he's 10% and he's, he's got more points over the last month actually. So Brett Pesci is my pick from Carolina. Um, you know, you're not going to pick up Nietzsche's, like you said, Turbo's out there. You're not going to get Svechnikov. Seth Jarvis is, you know, an option, but he's kind of not doing it. He's not doing it this year. Um, He's good. I, I feel like he's good, but I just not seeing that he's good. He's not, you know, four points in the last dozen games is not impressing me much. You could take a, a reasonable chance on Tara Vinen, and you could try Brad Pesci. I think that's a fun one. It's uh, Christmas time. There's always a lot of burglaries around the holidays. So we're just checking the neighborhood to see if everyone's taking the proper precautions. That's all. Joe Pesci. Jeff. Brad Pesci. I don't know. Anyways, moving right along. Uh, next up, Boston. Jeez, Boston. Just broke the record for fastest team to 80 points, I think is what it was. Is that what it was? I think so. They're uh, they're right back on it. I mean, and it's all Krejci coming back. I mean, he really was this, the cog, that he was the missing piece that it seems like, you know, that second line center is a huge, huge thing, Bo Horvat stay in Vancouver. Um, having your, your centers in, in order is a big deal. And when Krejci came back, it just put, 
Boston right back to where they were. Uh, just because it, it means everyone uh, can be where they belong. You know, Krejci uh, is available, 36% owned. Again, as I said, center only might be an issue, but he's got 13 points in his last 14 games, and it's been him, Pasternak, playing together a bunch. Uh, Pavel Zaka, uh, that line's been excellent. With Marchand, Bergeron, Hall being the top line, they're still sticking with Pasta, Krejci, Zaka, and yeah, it, they, that's been their best line. Um, Hall is still in the power play the majority of the time, uh, but yeah, he just sucks. So even though Hall is on the top power play, Zaka has more points <laughs> in the last 30 days by seven. So, you know... I'm going Zaka, first power play aside. Um, all that five-on-five five time with um, with Krejci and Pasta where they're just clicking. So I'm in. He's the pick for me, 21% Pavel Zaka. He's tri-eligible. I mean, he is just a hang-on to for me, a hold for the moment. Um, I'm not buying into Hall. Like I said, he's 52% rostered still, and he's just four points in the last month 14 games like when do you give up on taylor hall other than f- four years ago that's when it should have been uh that's about it in boston though because they're just so owned they're just they've been so hot everybody knows that you're not gonna sneak anybody in on boston uh toronto toronto man toronto also having just a, a heck of a year kings of the regular season Yes, it's it's been Nylander leading the way, actually, um, in the last uh, 30 days or so. In terms of who you can pick up, obviously the big four are owned. Um, Next in line is usually Michael Bunting. He's 65% owned. And it's Yarncroak who's been doing it more, and he's 13% rostered. So I'm looking at Callie Yarncroak still. You know, you have to say not long-term is what you have to say. But still, to me, he's kind of a a good option while they've got the schedule, while he's getting that time. If you're playing with Marner and, and Tavares, it, it doesn't get much better than that. And if you look at the recent games, he's had a couple of goals. His minutes are way down. Um, well, I mean, way down, back to where they were. Uh, but he's got also a couple of goals in the last three games, so... I still think he's worth picking up given the schedule, given that he is getting some some decent top six time. And then another option is someone TJ had recently brought up, Tim, Timothy Lilligren. Um, he's playing a lot. And I mean, if you're playing a lot on Toronto, you're bound to get some assists at least. Uh, and Lilligren's up over 20 minutes, four points in the last seven games. So he's not like, he's no Eric Carlson out there, but he's... Uh, He's he's all right. He's a decent option if you need a, a D. Peripherals are okay. 12 hits, 11 blocks in the last seven games. So not great, not bad. A good solid chance of some stats in pretty much every category. So Timothy Lilligren, decent option. I always want to pick up Kerfoot because the trial eligibility and he's on Toronto, blah, blah, blah. He's just, he's... Never come through for me. Yeah, that's a real reach to me. 
And other guys you might look at, uh, I don't know, Rasmus Sandin, sometimes people reach for uh, as a D. He's just not, it's just not happening with him. Um, so I'm not in on Sandine either personally. So I'm looking at Lilligren, maybe, uh, Yarn Croak, and that's the two options that you could get. That's about that. Beyond that, I mean, like you said, that's the top three schedules. We have two games played with an off night. Ton of teams playing the Friday, Saturday. Um, not, you know, Friday's not an off night this week. You know, the only team that really sticks out to me is Seattle. Uh, they've got Calgary and then Columbus back to back Friday, Saturday. So, yeah, I mean, Seattle, it's Jesus. Thought it was going to be a team that Vancouver could beat up on up here in the Pacific Northwest. But nope. Uh, Turns out Seattle is just great. Led by the likes of Vince Dunn, Ryan Donato, Jared McCann, Yanni Gord, other superstars like Adam Larson. But man, they just win. You know, it's been an ongoing joke at five hole that there's always someone on a five game point streak. It's just a matter of guessing who it's going to be because they're all the whole team is just very spread out scoring wise. Great for streaming. But again, you just never know who it's going to be because anywhere in those top three lines, any any of them could be on a on a hottish run. Um, You know who I like right now. Looking at the last two weeks, anyways, Vince Dunn is still doing seven points in his last seven games, playing 25 minutes. Um, and they just, they still have no power play. God, he's got no power play points. The whole team has like two power play goals in the last uh, seven games. It's just, it's non existent. Ryan Donato has been hot point per game um, over the last seven games as well. Uh, Jared McCann is also point per game. So there's those three. Uh, Yanni Gord has been solid. He's taking a lot of face-offs. If you're in a face-offs league, that, that's something you can look at. Um, all around, I like Vince Dunn. And uh, Adam Larson has been surprisingly offensive. Still five assists in the last seven games. Still the peripheral monster. He always is. Couple hits, two, three blocks a game, guaranteed. I really like Adam Larson. He has not been getting his props this year. Uh, but in a categories league, I guess he has been getting his props. He's up to 67% rostered. But in a categories league where he got hits and blocks, um, this year he's added in uh, just a, a surprising amount of points um, for him. I mean, it's not anywhere near the top of the league or anything like that. I mean, he's got 22 points in, in 47 games. Doesn't sound like much, but when you're a peripheral beast the way he is, um, half a point per game is is excellent to count on. And um, that's been getting better. Like it's 10 points in the last 15 games. So his pace has been a lot better. His peripherals haven't been slowing down. So I gushing over him because uh, I have him and he's been just nothing but great for me. Uh, Seattle as a whole is just such a weird, weird situation. But yeah, Vince Dunn, um, he's pretty owned up 82%. So not much you're going to, not many leagues you're going to find him around. But Yanni Gord, uh, Eberle, McCann, uh, they're all options. Burakovsky's only 41% rostered. And he's, uh, I think he's a great option 
Um, he's probably my pick. Um, Maddie Beniers is out day to day right now. I'm not sure uh, if that has to do with the Tyler Myers hit. That look, he just, I don't know if you guys saw that. Um, he was pissed. Uh, Seattle was just hammering on Vancouver and Tyler Myers, all like six foot nine of him. And his 13-inch neck uh, just buried Beneers. It was, it was something. The first thing Myers has done all year. Wish he didn't do it to Maddie B. But um, you know, given the situation, I take any highlight from the Canucks I can get right now. Uh, let's not get there. We'll add an extra hour to the episode. Our fan favorite, Ellie Tolvanen, Eli Tolvanen, had cooled off. He went on a four-game goalless streak, which was just, you know, normal. But he got another goal last game. So since arriving in Seattle, he's on a 40-goal pace still. Um, you know, I think that initial honeymoon period is over. Uh, but he's still reliable for goals and hits. Um, so a ton of options in in Seattle. Like I said, they're a Friday, Saturday, so you know two heavy-ish nights. But um, at least they've got Calgary and uh, Columbus back to back. Calgary, you never know what you're going to get. They seem to be a little better off, but who knows? And Columbus is dump. So. At any rate, uh, that's the episode for tonight. That's your weekend preview. We'll be back on the weekend for setting up next week with the week preview. Uh, starting to think ahead. It's all-star break, don't forget, uh, which means there's a couple days off, but there's also the two-week-long uh, week. Right, So the week is actually two weeks in Yahoo and I believe in fan tracks in most leagues as well. So be aware of that. I know in Yahoo you don't get any extra pickups, um, any extra transactions, uh, any, and the goalie starts stay the same. Goalie minimums are not doubled. There's no extra ones. So all the same rules as you'd have for one week, but spread out over the two. So just be aware of that. Um, I got caught in one league. I uh, got excited, made a couple of pickups and realized I only have one move left to last me the next like 12 days now. So just be aware of that. And uh, TJ, I hope you're feeling better. Zach, I hope you're really hammered. Uh, hope. What does that mean? I know you're really hammered. Miss you, buddy. Miss you both. Um, uh, you can find us on the Discord. That's where we get all these questions for the mailbag. And you can hit us up on Twitter at FHF Hockey as well. Uh, also going to be releasing uh, a few of our, our various intros and outros and fun songs. will be p- popping up on Spotify very soon as well. So I'll let you know when the, the five-hole playlist comes out. If you got any music for that, uh, let me know. I know we got a couple of bands out there. You know who you are. Uh, we'll add you to the playlist and, and get a five-hole or go. At any rate, love you.